Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code presson25 at checkout for 25% off impress manicure and presson falsies. I love that. That's Coco's Christmas Lullaby from Robbie Williams there. And we will come back with some more Christmas music again, Don't no doubt, before the end of the show. But right now, I am thrilled to be joined in studio live by Sam Lupton and Colm Quinn, who are two of the cast members of the Cork Opera House Panto this year, which is Jack and the Beanstalk. Guys, the two of you are really so welcome in. Uh, good morning. Good Thank morning. you for having us. And, you know, not only that, I think like we should actually be saying fair play to all of us. Because, like, I was there in City Hall last night for the Lord Mayor's Gala Christmas concert, and uh, that was a, another late night. And the two of you got up this morning, live on a Sunday morning, having just done, you know, your official opening night on stage in the mm. Cork Opera House last night. Now, I know you've had preview shows, you know, but once you come to the official opening night, there's still an extra energy and fizzle in the air, isn't there, for those? There is, and it was it was a nice night last night, wasn't it? Mm. It was, it was, it was... It was fizzy <laughs> in the auditorium. Okay. It was good. There was, uh, yeah, there was, there was lots of people in. And I mean, the Cork Opera House Panto is incredibly popular. It's always full. Um, you have to get your tickets quick if you want to come. But it's, um, yeah, last night was really special because there's been, you know, before anybody sees the show, there's a good, well, for us, there's four or five weeks worth of work. And then for the production team, there's months, months, and, months, and, months and months and months of yes. work. So last night was sort of a bit of a culmination of, of all of those months coming together. And there's definitely a bit of a sense of, we got there. We did Absolutely. it. And we're open. And one of the things I love, though, of course, is like the months and months and months of all of that prep is kind of headed up by, of course, Trevor and Frank, yeah. who, you know, are the most amazing team. And I'd say well able to party, but by God, the work is done. And, mm. you know, by the time you come and, uh, you know, it's just fantastic, the teamwork that goes on. And nobody kind of really can conceive of the amount of work that has to go in before a panto goes up. It's it's huge. I mean, it, and it takes it takes all year as well. You know, there's pantomimes being written in the, in the spring and the summer, yeah. and and conversations happening as as early. Well, as soon as one finishes, you're on to the next one, really, in terms of the planning for it. But yeah, the Cork Opera House Panto, pretty much for the past de- decade, has been the creation of of Trevor and Frank, uh, Trevor I and our director Frank Mackey, of course, um, and uh, Frank Mackey's good friend Nanny Nelly, <laughs> who is of course um, the, uh, the the celebrity. Outrageous, in the <laughs> outrageous, but we wouldn't have it any other Absolutely way. Absolutely not. Colm, you're playing the part of Jack. Yes. Whoa, in Jack and the Beanstalk. So um, you've been, I suppose, climbing. 
Going to a climbing of, walls? Uh, a lot of climbing lessons, yeah. Um, it's taken a lot of practice <laughs> over the last couple of weeks and since we got in the theatre. Um, it's just so exciting um, to be part of the Cork Opera House Panto. Uh, this is my first job. I've only finished dra- drama school um, in June. Um, so it's really exciting to be here and just be with such an amazing cast of people and people have been doing it for years and really know what they're doing. I feel so at ease and comfortable. That is brilliant. Where did you, where did you do your training? I trained at ArtsEd in London. Um, it was three years of training and I started in the middle of COVID, which was crazy. Awful. Um, yeah. Awful. Especially, you know, when you have, you know, decided I'm going to do this, I'm going to go to London, mm-hmm. uh, life is going to happen and it had to be online. Yeah. Did it? Uh, it was a weird blended learning when I started. Oh. Um, so, yeah, this is all great. I get to be with people all the time now, <laughs> which is fantastic. Um, but isn't there the most amazing Cork community over in London studying theatre, drama, musical theatre, singing, the whole lot? It's incredible. Between all the colleges, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm from Dublin and I thought like, oh yeah, Dublin is a big kind of theatre scene, but the musical theatre in particular in Cork or the talent that comes from Cork is incredible. I mean, yeah, thanks um, for clarifying there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. For sure. So when you finally did get, you know, the proper London experience, what was that like? Um, God, well, like I said, I started in the middle of COVID, so it was kind of crazy and strange. Um, it was something I'd wanted to do for years. I used to tour with Riverdance, so I thought like, oh, I have this great training behind me that I, with discipline and stuff like that. It was a whole other level when I um, started in drama school. Um, it was it was intense and it was tough, um, but it set me up for this. This process has seemed seamless since being in drama school. Um, I really enjoyed it. You are bringing a wealth of travel and, you know, professional work already then to mm. to this, which is fantastic. And it's great to be adding, you know, extra strings to the bow and all of those kind of cliche phrases, but it really does throw challenges no matter what the training. All your training in Riverdance doesn't train you for panto. Arts Ed yeah. doesn't train you for panto. To a degree, you have to actually dig and create from scratch for the, for the character and obviously do a bit of stunt training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are we are we climbing? Are we what? Are we? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and some evenings hoping that the <laughs> the strings will go up, but they always do. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, as many strings you, you can add to the bow, I always say, um, open up any any opportunities that you can take. Um, but I'm absolutely delighted to be here in Cork. Yeah, and really, you know, the Panto in the Opera House is such a big production. It's such a fantastic gig to have for your first kind of professional engagement in this genre, which is which is brilliant. And for you, Sam, mm. uh, like coming to do Panto in Cork with Frank, aka Nanny Nelly, uh, the f- sorry, Frank's friend Nanny Nelly. Yes, <coughs> we just clarify that there. Um, Frank is Nanny Nelly's assistant. <laughs> assistant, yes, yes, very much so. <laughs> uh, the sensible one. Quite. When she goes, when she goes wild, and like we we have this great story in Jack and the Beanstalk, and it's one of those ones where you know very very early on we know these beans are magic and something is going to happen, and yeah. Panto was just sprinkled uh, with magic. Mm-hmm. What's your character up to? My character is uh, the noble and virtuous Spitznot. <laughs> <laughs> for one minute, I was going to think I, mean, I was given the wrong information. So th- this year for me as an actor, I, I this time at the beginning of the year I was doing. Dickens. Mm-hmm. I was doing a Charles Dickens play and, ta- and doing very serious interviews about Charles Dickens and Great Expectations and all that kind of stuff. And now I'm playing a character called Spitznot. <laughs> so that's that's the joy of Panto. Uh, Spitznot is Lord Rancid's uh, sidekick. He Spitznot is um, is technically he's a baddie, 
but he's not very good at being a baddie. Okay. Um, so he's, he's the baddie's assistant. Um, and generally he's there trying to help, trying to be bad, but pretty much just getting in the way and hopefully making the kids laugh. Yeah, you see, I have I've never had a chance to play the baddie. Mm. And I always think that while, and this is no offence to you, Colin, I'm sorry about this now, okay, but like obviously being the hero, the leading boy, the leading girl or whatever like that is is glorious. There's just an extra relish you can have when you are being given sort of freedom to, to play with the audience because, yeah. you know, they're expecting it. Then they'll go wild for it as soon as you do. And, uh, and you can really, you know, wind them up. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean... Panto's an interesting one because it's a blend of different disciplines, obviously. You've, you do have acting in there, but you've also got performance, which is slightly different. There's elements of cabaret thrown in where the fourth wall doesn't exist and you can talk to the front row and you can talk to the back row if you like. <laughs> and, you know, we do throughout the, the court panto, we frequently break the fourth wall. Um, when we were in the rehearsal room, we were chatting about how it was going and we were kind of saying... We, we can only really do 50% of the show until we get an audience in there because they're such a huge part. They really are the sort of main character of the piece, really, because we're imagining it until we mm. get it in front of people. But it's it's a huge thing that you don't get with a play, which is why I love doing Panto, because you get that interaction with, with the audience. And we get a couple of people up on stage this year as well, which is so. Great. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, this is Colm's first Panto when you said you love doing it. So this mm. isn't your first Panto then? This is my... Th- Third, I've done yeah. three. Yeah, I've done. Uh, I was here a couple of years ago at the Opera House doing Peter Pan, which was good fun in those pre-COVID days. And then I've I've done another Peter Pan as well back in the UK. But um, yeah, I I do love it. It's uh, and uh, I you know I've been given the the honour of of kind of having the comic role in this, which is 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 great. It's 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 what I absolutely adore doing. Um, they can often, especially in the industry and the performing arts industry, there can sometimes be a little bit of a snobbery about Panto, especially from kind of actors who are doing much more serious work. But uh, I absolutely love it, and I think it's absolutely crucial. And uh, we were discussing it last night, weren't we? Um, Mm -hmm. Kind of just seeing the fact that the audience is full of a huge age range of people. You've got three- and four-year-olds on the front row who are laughing, giggling, they're engaged for two hours, you know, you're kind of like, okay, this is actually, this is really important. Mm. Um, and it's a joy to do. It is, but you know, you, you touched on something there uh, in terms of snobbery and theatre, serious theatre. But I suppose the thing is, like, Panto is so demanding of a skill set because you have to, you know, be able to improvise, you have to be able to engage and you have to be brave. You know, you just have to be courageous uh, when you go out there because you have a script, you have a plot, things can happen and you have to be able to especially your role your Mm. role is one of those ones that has to handle the unexpected at a moment's notice yeah i think we all do really and it's um you have to be able to listen and and react to the audience and and what they're doing and kind of the show that happens this afternoon and the show that happens tonight will not be the same show that happened last night and that goes for the entire run you know every and that's the joy of theatre isn't it it's a live experience every single time you're not watching a film you're not watching something that's been pre-planned it is live it's happening now and that's the same for us we don't quite know what's going to happen yeah definitely that's the like you said it's the thrill of theatre that when things go wrong it's how you react to it yeah. um, and how you work work around that and work mm. from it and um, 
we've already had that this week and <laughs> we've had to work around it and it's, it's been really exciting and using our improv skills and stuff like that. So. That is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And we're going to take a quick break but when we come back we're still talking Jack and the Beanstalk at the Cork Opera House with Sam Lupton and Cullum Quinn back after these. Cork's 96FM and C103. The Arts House. And you are welcome back to the show. And yes, we are celebrating Christmas and we are talking about the Cork Opera House Panto, which this year is Jack and the Beanstalk. And I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Cullum Quinn, who's playing the part of Jack, and Sam Lupton, who's playing the part of Spitznot. <laughs> That's it. That's I it. don't get to say that very yeah. often. It's like the, the Hamlet of pantomime. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I was just saying to you there during the outbreak that you know that you were saying to us as well, Colin. Like this is your first kind of official professional mm. engagement in this. But like Sam, like you were telling us, you know, you have of course done uh, panto not just here in Cork, so Cork audiences will recognise and go, "Oh, I remember him," mm. um, but also in the UK, but. You've also worked in the West End, and yeah. I'd like you to tell everyone the show you've done there. I did. I graduated drama school in 2010, and I did a lot of... I, I graduated as an actor. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't really study musical theatre, but I always sung, and I always sung since I was a kid. Um, I sung in school choirs and things like that, yeah. and we did school musicals, and I loved it. Uh, so I always kept up with singing. Um, but then I, I kind of fell into musical theatre. I was quite lucky and, and, and got a few auditions for a, a couple of big shows and was, was successful at those auditions. So I spent a few years um, doing shows like um, Avenue Q, people knew oh, Avenue yeah, Q. Oh exactly. yeah, exactly. Brought Avenue I've Q I've got Muppets here. lined up now, so it's a slightly different <laughs> age. Slightly yeah. different age, but it yeah. It is, but Avenue Q was one of my favourite shows. I was lucky enough to Amazing. tour with that. We brought that over here. We... we uh, we didn't come to Cork, but went to Dublin. Yeah, we um, promoted that at the time, didn't we, Connor? Yeah. Amazing show. And um, I did uh, Little Shop of Horrors, which again, we also brought over here. And um, I did Wicked in the West End for three years, <laughs> I did Wicked for, which was good fun. It was great. You know, to uh, to be in a such a huge blockbuster like that is a is a huge experience. And then, you know, I've done stuff like that, but I've also done some of my favourite jobs have been in very small theatres, sort of... Um, in uh, far-flung parts of the countryside, <laughs> which have been just as satisfying, you know, because it's it's uh, it's not necessarily the size of the theatre or the size of the audience, but it's it's for me, it's about the work that you you're doing. And um, yeah, some of my my favourite jobs have have been you know shorter running plays. But yes, Wicked mm-hmm. was a was a huge experience, and it feels like a long time ago now. But it's still it's still one that people like to talk about because well, it's such a big, huge blockbuster. Absolutely, and 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 you know, life changing times where you're cast in roles like that and get yeah. to work in shows like that, and a real affirmation, I think, for you. But but also, like, not that you need a West End show to be affirmed as an actor, but you know, to to know that you can stand and hold your own on any stage in the world, and and just love it and adore it, and uh, be part of an amazing company like that it's nice and it, it helps you relax as well i mean just you know we could talk for hours about the psychology of actors <laughs> which where is do <laughs> where do we start but yeah there is something nice about you know because it's it is it's a cliche but it was a bit of a, a dream to be on the west end and to finally get offered a west end contract and to have a west end production go yeah we'd like to have you involved in this is nice and it it kind of helps you relax a bit you kind of go oh, okay all right, I, yeah. like it's um, I've achieved that. I can tick that, and it allows you to sort of relax and enjoy the work a bit more, actually, as opposed to just sort of trying to get distracted about I've got to get that. Yes, and when you've done that, you can kind of go, oh, okay, what do I actually 
really enjoy doing and what, and what do, I, do actually, I want yeah what yeah. do i want and what's the work that i i love doing um which can can lead on to other stuff now there's no you know there's no denying that if you have a west end credit on your cv it helps it helps open a couple of doors for example but um so you know. do you do you have a plan then like do you have dream roles that you'd like to do or people you'd like to work with or places you'd like to go not at in all. mind no You're i'm open. constantly shocked by the kind of phone calls that come in and my agent going oh we've got an audition for this and i'll kind of go oh, i've never considered that before that's great i used to i used to have dream roles um and a few of them came up and a few of them didn't and then a few of the shows closed <laughs> so it's like oh that's not gonna happen but um yeah it's it's just more kind of variety you know i, mm. I want to do I, I want to do good work or work that i think is is valuable um for instance like the Cork Opera House pantomime. I believe it's valuable. That's, that's yeah, kind of what I think. I was going to say, like, the two of you are two brilliant examples of the amazing kind of company that comes together for Panto. Mm. And we haven't even talked about Jack and the Beanstalk, the plot and what you're doing with it or anything like that yet. I mean, like, are you playing around much with the plot? Do we throw the magic beans? What can you kind of give away without giving too much away? Um, I mean, it is, I would say, the classic tale of... Jack and the Beanstalk, um, <laughs> dragged, into, somewhat. <laughs> dragged into 2023. Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, definitely some more modern elements to it. Um, I mean, we have some brilliant songs chosen by our wonderful musical director, Jimmy Brocky. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a gas, you know, but that is the kind of way, isn't it? It's hard kind of not to give too much away because that is the element of surprise of Panto. You know, exactly. the joy, the fun, the crack, the hysteria that can happen. And I have no doubt that last night for the official opening night, uh, you whipped the house into a state of near hysteria. It was, yeah. there's two huge issues with Jack and the Beanstalk. You've All got right. two huge problems as a producer. One is a beanstalk and the other <laughs> one's a giant, yeah. which you know, literally two big problems to solve. And um, I think they are solved brilliantly mm-hmm. in this version. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. We don't want to ruin it. Yeah. But yeah, but both of both make an appearance and both get a, a great audible reaction. And when we first saw the Beanstalk, that was a very audible reaction. <laughs> reaction. It's good. It's it's it's. Um, They've really pulled out all the stops. These know. these are the moments of magic, aren't they? You know, like so many of the, the panto stories have their own Cinderella's carriage, the beast's transformation, the beanstalk yeah. in Jack, you know. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that if you're taken to panto and you see those things as a child, you will have that memory for life. These are life memories. These aren't just, oh, we went to see this that year, that that year. This is actually a life memory for oh, so many kids. Oh, I still remember the shows I was yeah. watching when I was six or seven. I still, still remember totally. why I'm doing it. Like, yeah. And we were discussing the other day, weren't we, how nice it is to know that actually in every single performance of this, there are kids who are going to remember this in 20 years. Yeah, exactly. For, for some of those kids, they're just at the right age and this will be their... Introdu- yeah, and it's their introduction yeah. to theatre, and might be the one that gets the first the money. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. and who knows what sort of career or even just like joy they have with theatre, and that's that's the amazing thing about which it. Which is it's why I think it's kids. so important because if you if you want adults to exist who go to the theatre, and if you want adults to exist who make theatre, you need to get kids into the theatre. You need to get children into the theatre. I should introduce you to Jerry Kelly because we talk about this all the time as well with Tomas McCarthy from the Cork Youth Orchestra. How do you have orchestral audiences as adults if we're not exposing them to orchestral music as children? It's the same for all aspects of theatre and music, you know. 
give it to the children, feed it. Sure, during lockdowns, didn't we all realise that that was what we needed to to feed our souls online? We were just craving, craving all of that. Mm. Listen, I could talk to the two of you for another half an hour, but thank you both <laughs> so much for getting up. Have you two performances today? Two performances today, <clears> and <throat> then two days off. <laughs> and then... And then we're back to it on Wednesday. And then all the way to sometime in January. January so. 22nd. Oh my yes. God! It's going to be amazing. And it's Can't very wait silly to and seat. very fun, and it's... Um, <laughs> we're it's, having a lot of fun. We're having a lot of fun. So you'll have fun, I promise. That is the <laughs> I know I'm in it, but it's genuinely a brilliant <laughs> panto, so come see it. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much, Sam Lupton and Colm Quinn, for coming into us this morning uh, to chat and share Jack and the Beanstalk this year's panto at Cork Opera House. Thank you both so, so much. Thank now thank then, Connor, we might be able to...